Welcome to My Pirate Wife Podcast. I am Dawn Davis, and this is my co-host and my pirate wife, Tita Moyers. We are bold, queer, ethically non-monogamous, sex-positive, kinky, clean, and sober storytellers, putting the insides on the outside and the messy on display. Authentic and unscripted. We talk about topics not brought up in polite conversation. Relationships, intimacy, unapologetic self-awareness, sexuality, healing, and personal growth. We are provocative and controversial. Nothing is taboo. Hi, Vida. Hi, Vixen. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners where we are right now? We are <laughs> We are in the car driving <laughs> to the airport because my flight's super early and we just thought we'd do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it might sound a little weird and hopefully nobody honks at me. <laughs> I hope they do, actually. <laughs> so we were just talking about um, relationships and, and getting into them and getting out of them and how they fucking hurt sometimes and who we want to be for ourselves and for another person. And I think it would be great to share. Yeah. Well, I was mentioning that um, I personally have a fear that I'm going to be alone. After every breakup that I have, I think, oh my God, (laughs) I am never going to find somebody else ever again. There's never going to be, they're not going to be as cool. There's not, they're not going to want me. I, I'm, you know, unlovable, unworthy, whatever. Um, and what we were talking about too is that because I'm queer, I am like, I look a certain way. I'm a little mass lesbian. I like femme women. I uh, am sober. I'm polyamorous. All of these things, each thing shrinks my dating pool of people into a tiny ass little thing. Tiny ass. Tiny starfish. (laughs) And you know that we, that perspective is scarcity, right? It's scarcity. It's that we're afraid there isn't going to be enough for us. That we're going to be left out. That we're going to be, that we're going to die alone. Yeah. That fear that most of us have I think most people have that fear, especially at the end of a relationship or let's say a long marriage that you've had, for example, you've been with this person 20 something years or whatever. And then, and like, you've never really dated before or, you know, it's scary. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whether or not you've dated before. Like I was in a 14, almost 15 year relationship, my daughter's other mom and I were together for a long time and and from from a young age I think I was 23 when we got together and when she and I split up I knew that no one was ever going to love me again right and how old were you then when you split up uh let's see Eva was about five so 2010 which makes me 40-ish? Yes, 40-ish. Yeah. Yeah. 40. And then uh, also, I, like, the 
most recent relationship, um, long-term relationship that I got out of that just ended a couple of years ago, I was equally devastated. Right. Equally devastated and certain that I can't find what I want, that I'll have to settle that the pool, as you mentioned, is so small for me because I am older, because I am, you know, in this uh, smaller town, conservative county yeah. in California, and, and so I'm never going to be able to find the, you know, progressive, tattooed, <laughs> masculine, polyamorous, delicious, sober, <laughs> dark and dirty right. Right. <laughs> woman that, you know, that's never going to happen for smart. It's never going to happen. And look. Not someone that laughs look. about necrophilia with you. <laughs> <laughs> and look here she is. I am sitting right here. And you can have others. You can have others. Well, yeah, in this relationship, yes. you and I have, well, we're, we're open to that. I want, I want to talk about that a little bit because even in our relationship, you and me, mine, you and mine. Yours and mine. No, yours and mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had uh, two girlfriends. Aside from me. Aside from you, yes. Two girlfriends while still being with you. Yes. And um, I, when I broke up with both of them when we broke up uh, I felt that way right, and I even was, though even, you're in a relationship yes. <laughs> I'm like I'm never going to find someone And I mean you, you weren't feeling like hey I'm over here no. you were just understanding that I was sad and then I felt that I was going to not find anyone that was going to be okay with what we have, you yeah. and I. And that speaks to the point that no matter what, yeah. it's a normal feeling, this feeling of scarcity, that I'm I'm not going to get what I want, yeah. that, that I'm going to be alone, that I'm going to be sad and devastated and heartbroken forever. Well, I mean, um, you know, to talk about some sober shit here, but I, I had to um, do some step work around it. I had to do fourth steps around it where I was Will looking. you explain what that means? Yeah, it's a it's a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. And so you go through things like, how does it affect my pride? How does it affect my self-esteem? Um, jealousy, self-justification, self-seeking, fear. Um, my sex relations. You go through all these things of how it affects those things. Your, your ambition. My ambitions are always really um, telling of myself. Um, and it it lets you take a good hard look at yourself and what your motivations are and what's going on inside of you. Some people never do that. Some people never do that. And, you know, I've done quite a few fourth steps. And um, every time I do one, I'm like, whoa. It, <laughs> I take, you know, I take a good hard look at what my motivations are and why I'm doing what I'm doing and how it makes me feel. And I was just going to say that one doesn't have to be sober or clean and sober to do this, to do this, but I wouldn't do it unless I was doing it to save my life. Right. I, I would right. much rather coast through and not have to be introspective and not have to be uncomfortable and look at the dirty parts of myself 
Well, I just drank so that I didn't have to do right, that. Right, that's what I mean. That that's yeah. because I am, I do believe that I'm an alcoholic, and I don't mind saying that. Um, I do believe that. And so what I do is I continue to do this work, working the 12 steps, being introspective, paying attention to my motives and my all the all the things that you just talked about. That helps me to not be a shitty person that needs to drink. Right. And I mean that that is just what I did. I, I'm I, usually if I feel any feeling that is uncomfortable, I'm like, oh, there's a powder for that. There's a pill for that. There's a drink for that. And I'm gonna not feel that. So it's uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's very um, freeing. And then when I'm aware of my behavior, then I can endeavor to do better and not do that behavior. That freeing piece, I love that. I just made content for Instagram this morning about that exact thing, that being real, being authentic. I don't know. I, I don't know who I am until I do that work, until I dig in. Until I'm willing to look at the dark underbelly of myself and not be ashamed of it and and not have any secrets about who I am. And then I can, you know, like like the reel that I made for Instagram this morning, I, I was in bed. My hair is all fucked up. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I brush my teeth and I'm talking about putting my real authentic self on display. It is freeing. And, and while some people are afraid that it will make them weak... I think it makes me stronger. It makes me more trustworthy. Right. It makes me, uh, I don't know. I feel more comfortable in myself when I can do that uncomfortable work. It gets me to the other side. Right. Which brings me to the point that we were talking about earlier. That I need to focus on that work first. Right. Before I get into a relationship with someone else. Right. That, that's what, okay. What we were saying is, um, I had a person that I was speaking to about this that, um, is getting out of a marriage, uh, that that's all they know really. And so they are afraid of being alone as, and I wanted to let them know we all are afraid of that, that that is something that, that happens to all of us. We all experience that. But if I'm not, if I'm not whole, how can I bring that to the table for someone else? How can I be whole for someone else if I'm still all fucked up? And yes, we can, work on ourselves in relationship which I think you and I do all the time all the time I didn't come to you whole Mm-mm. I didn't come to you whole because I certainly didn't come to you whole <laughs> right because because it's not possible for me to be perfect I don't want to be perfect but you know there's no like oh I'm completely healed so now I can get into a relationship however if I don't do any work I still create the same relationships that I got out of. Right. And yeah, clearly that's not what I need. I need growth. So I want to do some work on myself so that I choose differently next time or so that I behave differently next time. Oh, that place has the best carnitas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, speaking of fourth step 
work. Actually, um, I had to call my sponsor because uh, an ex-girlfriend had left me a message from that, you know, we'd broken up years ago. (laughs) She left me a message yesterday. Of course, a drunken one, no doubt. I mean, it was like two o'clock in the morning there, but, um, and past relationships, this is what I'm talking about. She was on my four step. She was also compiled into a list of about seven to 10 women that just were in the same thing because it's a pattern of behavior that I have. Right. These women all, the pattern is that, well, I'm definitely, definitely have a lot of victim-y shit in there. They all take advantage of me financially (laughs) and they, um, you know, threaten to extort money out of me and, and things like that. But the pattern is they're crazy and drug addicted and drunks that, um, that, you know, they, that I like to somehow, um, play the martyr like I get to and also the hero the hero martyr yes yes. and it's me swooping in taking care of them and then being resentful about it right but I have bad you know it's establishing boundaries that I that's one of my serious problems is I have a hard time establishing boundaries I you know I don't like to use the term character defects that much I like to say defaults because a lot of my things that I do are out of sheer survival. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that differentiation. Because it's true. They, they are defaults because I needed them to survive. So, you know, while they're not serving me anymore now, currently, hence the reason I want to let them go, um, they, they, they kept me alive. Um, but, you know, that's one of them is... is not having good boundaries, which is incredibly fucking hard to do. People being like, oh, just establish good boundaries. Oh. Really? Have you tried? <laughs> Have you tried doing that? Because it's <laughs> difficult. Right. So that, yeah, that relationship. And of course, my sponsor was like, um, if she's drunk, don't respond right now. <laughs> so you're talking about that pattern that you repeat where you're the hero. Yeah. And I may be saying more than what you said. Let me know if I'm wrong. But you're the hero. You like to be, you like to throw money around. Yeah. Yeah. And look at how I take care of you. Look at how fancy our life is. Look at how great I am. And then when they start expecting that of you, then I get mad. Then you get mad. <laughs> or even, you know, maybe taking it a step further and that they demand it from you. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're pissed at them and look what they've done to you. Well, yeah. And I know that I created this situation. Right. So. Here's where your puzzle piece matches with my puzzle piece because I like to be taken care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I want I want someone to come in and be like, "Oh, baby, I got you." Yeah. Let me and you do and that. I like that. You do it, and you're like, "Oh, I got this." Let, let me let me get the hotel yeah. room. Let me do that. And I do like it. I like it. Feels glamorous to me. It mm-hmm. feels sexy. Um, but I also resist and then I'm pissed because right. you, I don't need you. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're an independent, autonomous human being. Yeah. And, and so, um, that's a pattern for me. Right. It's finding Wanting the hero, it and then resenting it. <laughs> finding the hero always in all of my women for all eternity. God bless them all. <laughs> I love them because they are, that's the, the character that I'm drawn to 
let me let me save you yeah let me love you let me take care of you yes god yes i love it oh god i think i'm <laughs> my temperature is rising just Cunt talking about it. I almost said that, but I decided not to. <laughs> Thanks for saying it for yeah. me. Um, yeah, it totally turns me on and it, it makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I resist it and it pisses me off. Right. And, and I don't need you and I don't want you to insert yourself and I don't want you to expect things from me. Don't fucking tell me what, what to, to do. do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, that's the title right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking tell me what to do. And then, you know, and then I get mad, and then there's a wedge, and then, you know, whatever, that relationship ends because I don't need you anymore. I mean, <laughs> I don't need you ouch, anymore. Ouch, and that's not entirely true, but, you know, that's a piece of it. That's a piece of it I don't want to be taken care of. Right. That's my pattern. I mean, yeah, and I, I find women that want to be taken care of. Yeah. And then when they and not only let me but insist upon it, then I'm like, well, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Even though I've created the situation to be as such. So how do we do this differently? Because here we are telling the world that we are each reenacting our patterns with one another. I mean, there's a one serious distinction for me, which is I'm sober now. And so I, uh, I talk to you about these things. Yeah. I actually, we, we talk about like, we're actually doing a step study together. We talk about the steps and you understand how this works. But you and I and other people. Yes. Right? And other people. Yes. And so, um, we talk about these things I'm sitting here telling you this is a pattern of mine. <laughs> right. This is something that I do, and this is something that uh, that um, that you do. We're aware of it. I, I think for us, the what we're doing that's different is the communication is different. Absolutely, and that's what I was thinking. Like, fuck yes. Uh, back to putting the messy on display, mm. talking about the. My fears, yeah, my my fears, my, you know, what my ambitions really are. That's really my favorite because it's like, they can be pretty gnarly. Like, I want this person to fuck off. (laughs) It can be an ambition. Well, here's, here's my ambition. Always. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, shit. I want to be adored. Yeah. By everyone. I love those kind of ambitions because that's the truth. (laughs) I want to be adored by everyone and not everyone's going to like me. And that hurts because I think like, oh, but I'm so great. I'm so sweet. I'm so kind and thoughtful and loving. But I also, you know, not everybody's going to like me. Circling back to putting the putting the dark stuff on display, right? Sharing it. Oh, we're talking about your ambition, which, um, that you want to be adored. I was, what I was going to say about that is like, you know, then all the other things of like self-seeking, self-justification and my favorite (laughs) (laughs) self-pity. The self-pity is always great because it's like, why? (laughs) <laughs> like, I remember on a lot of mine, it said, well, what did I do? Yeah. What did I do? I didn't do anything. These people are totally, everybody's against me, and I did nothing wrong. And why is this happening to me? And 
if you were me, you'd be a drug addict and an alcoholic too. Right. Always. That's my self-justification. Being able to look at yourself in a realistic way. Yeah. Knowing what your faults are as well as your assets. Yes. And I like that part. Let's go there before we end. Because okay, so with with my sponsees, I always, you know, in their tenth step, which is a daily inventory. Yeah. So it's uh you know, I have them look at where they were self selfish, where they were dishonest, where they were resentful, where they were angry, fearful, things like that. And then I'm like, and I want you to tell me how you kicked ass today. Right. And so you do that with your sponsees. I do that with my clients. We talk about our fears. We talk about our gratitude. We talk about, uh, we brag about ourselves. We write affirmations and we visualize the perfect future. And, and so this bragging piece is what, what those two things have in common and talking about what's fucking great about you. And we, as a culture, we, we squash that. We, we say things like, oh, and you're so modest. Yeah. No. Someone said that to you the other day. Yeah. People do say that to me. And, and you know what? I don't have to be modest. There's nothing that says I need to be smaller than I am. So let's end this episode Tell me something great about you. I'm an excellent lover. (laughs) Why, yes, you are. I concur. I concur. And uh, I am... What do I want to say about myself? There's so much to choose from. Um, I'm brave as fuck. I, I do the scary thing because it's the right thing to do and I think that's amazing I think you're amazing I think you're amazing (laughs) that's another episode of my pirate wife rate, review, and follow the podcast and share it with someone you know Don Davis is a certified comprehensive sex educator, an intimacy coach, and a confidence specialist. Tita Moyers is a professional dominatrix, an extreme body modifier, and a 12-step enthusiast. 